Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 183 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's a, uh, a love letter to old RPGs with me today? My name is Joe Butler, and I know I enjoy hunting slimes for EXP. <laughs> Black Hagelin, and thanks for having me, Mike. Of course. Thank you guys for both coming back. And thank you, Joe, for dropping in at the last second. <laughs> so... <laughs> yes, I hyper-focused into playing this game. I'm very curious to, to hear what you guys have to say, because both of you, if I remember correctly, have never played this game before. Correct. Okay, yep. and the game that we're here to talk about is kind of a maybe a deep cut. Cosmic Star Heroine, published, developed by Zeboy Games, came out in 2017 for Windows and PlayStation 4, and it came out on Vita in 2018, and Switch in 2018. Huh. It's, a, it's a game people, I feel like, don't really know about. The, the I had Vita never was, heard of it. I never heard of it either, and the Vita was still alive in 2018. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I forget. I mean, I'm assuming this was. Di- I mean, this is a digital only game too, which I, I do want to put that out. And it was a and, Kickstarter title, is that correct? Yes, I think so. I think yeah, you're right because I had someone who yeah, it was kick. It was Kickstarter. Yeah. Which um, I, I actually ran into someone who Kickstarted this who had never played it in one of my comments. I'll be reading way later. So. I had actually played a bit of Cthulhu Saves the World, their previous title, just a bit, maybe an hour or so. I don't. I have. I've tried some of their stuff, but I didn't. Because they did Breath of the Death 7, the beginning, was their first yes, 2D RPG. I had, yeah, I played a bit of that as well. Then they did Cthulhu Saves the World, and they did two Penny Arcade stuff, then they did Cosmic Star Heroine, and then their their last game they made is Cthulhu Saves Christmas. <laughs> which is actually going to probably be on the show in December, hopefully. So, <laughs> they're an interesting... They're an interesting company, so, like, they, they're, they're kind of new. Well, 2009, but they don't... This was a game that I had... Someone had mentioned at some point to me to play, and I was kind of like, okay, I'll I'll get to it eventually. I didn't think much about it, and it just kind of happened. It just kind of fell into into my radar. I don't remember who it was that recommended it. I don't remember why I played it. I just know that I did play it and beat it, and it, it stuck with me. Because like when I played this game, it really did feel like, to me, a, a love letter to me. Like someone who took, you know, who loved Chrono Trigger and a lot of these old games, and they're like, here you go. Here's what you're looking for. And that w- that really spoke to me with this game. Do you have any kind of experience like that, Blake? Because I know you also love old RPGs like me. Yeah, you know, um, we we obviously had a huge Final Fantasy VI podcast, and we talked about all sorts of... Yeah, <laughs> long one. Uh, contemporaries. As I've said on here before times, I had never played Chrono Trigger till around that time, so I finally, maybe a year ago, was able to play through it. Absolutely adored it. I know it's one of your favorite games of all time yes. maybe maybe, maybe your all-time one. favorite yeah so it, it was interesting because when you, you approach me a lot of times i'm i'm hesitant to hop on here for games that i i'd never played or heard of before just yep. leave leave it to people <laughs> with some experience but it was it, it worked out because i was just about to get married and go on my cruise honeymoon so i i, I was literally looking through the switch like i just needs like a game to play you know on my downtime or whatever and so i had nothing to play it just kind of ended up perfectly and I will get into the deep thoughts, but yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, it's impossible to escape like the Chrono Trigger, you know, kind of elements and how much they took from that title for good and for bad. I, I think that we can get into some of the some of the stuff, but but the uh, just the the uh, kind of callbacks to it are obviously unavoidable. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I think that's one thing that really attracted to me, like when I first played this, and something stopped, why it stuck with me so much because. 
I mean, this game is a turn-based RPG, but you actually, like, you have the people, <laughs> a very simple thing, but the people run behind you, which, I mean, yes, it's not, a lot of RPGs do that, but I really love it when the characters run behind me. Because I'm a sucker trigger. for it, too. I don't, I don't know. I, it reminds me of the Breath of Fire games, one of my old favorite old-school RPGs. And, yeah, it's just that... that Never played of, it's, it's the same. I don't, it's so absurdly satisfying to have your party member follow you in, a, in straight lines. I don't know what and, it is about it. And the and the thing about this game is that enemies are on the map running around. You see them, you run into them, and not a lot of RPGs do that. Maybe more now than I'm thinking of, but like that was a Chrono Trigger thing to me. So like when I saw that the first time, it just I was just gripped instantly. Yeah, a lot of the elements. <laughs> the way it just jumps into battle screens and how it kind of clears them out. Not, not a lot of grinding in the game, really any grind. Besides, no. you know optional areas and whatnot um and and of course there's a not not as much as chrono trigger when i actually i read that there's like interplay you know between uh well like chrono trigger for instance has dual and triple techniques where your characters team up for kind of unique attacks yes and i was i had read that was a feature of this one and it ostensibly is but i was a little bit let down that it wasn't as expansive as chrono trigger which maybe isn't fair to compare this small title I didn't even do it. I don't think I ever, I never did it. It's so it's kind of locked behind a accessory or an item or shield for the main character that gives her the programs that kind of have just one unique attack with each oh, other party member. So there's an element why. of it, but yeah, it's not near as expansive as something like Chrono Trigger. So Joe, do you, are, I can't remember. Are you a big fan of old RPGs? So it mine's a little bit weirder than that, and it's kind of funny. I have actually never played a Chrono Trigger game, like at oh. all. Uh, yeah, well, that's Chrono Cross, and uh, you know, uh, it's not. But it's not a I, yeah, I, I'm a very big fan. This very much reminded me of what is it called, the RPG Maker games? Oh yes, like just that and, general that 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 thing. Yeah, but uh, that goes into the whole other weirder fact of I don't really play those games for the RPG. I play those games for the horror factors. And uh, <laughs> I know you're the, talking the, about. Yeah, the opening of this honestly was kind of like, oh, is this a red herring? Because this game, the the very first like area you go into is very like kind of bloody and terrifying. So I'm like, oh, is this, did Mike trick me? Is this kind of a horror game? But not at all. Yeah, they uh, lean I, out of that aspect really quickly. Yeah. I, I did have a lot of fun with this game. I think the battle system was pretty interesting. And I think it's funny that y'all mentioned that the characters follow you because they kind of trick you into that because the characters run up to you. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's the usual typical RPG thing where they run into you and you fuse magically. And then when you step forward, they follow behind you. I'm like, oh, okay. They did, they took away from that. So never mind. <laughs> I really like that, though. Like, I have just a lot of little things I liked about this game. It I like the very kooky characters. Like, everybody just kind of strange and there's lots of there's lots of little references in here in this game constantly Tons of references and i love it like i i like the story that you're you know the character you play is Alyssa lacelle which is like i mean it's all very basic equipment like you can equip and the game you know does a very good job of communicating to you and you know you have different characters that have elements like she's water-based your second character chan is fire-based like you know very simple stuff that they do but Everything is so entertaining the way it the way it handles itself. And as far as I can tell with this game, you don't actually have to fight any enemies, but you'll miss out on abilities. So like you because like all the attack and defense is based on items. And I, I didn't think about that. Till y'all said something. So you yeah. could pretty much skip like every other enemy if you really wanted to mm-hmm. or, or even I've, like okay. I fought everything because of it's me. But yeah, no, you Same. can you don't have to grind like that's one thing that's beautiful about this game is like. There is no, I mean, plus the enemies don't respond. So once you kill them, they don't ever come back. 
So, I mean, that's kind of a nice a nice aspect of it, too, which you don't always see in games. And then yeah. even more even more so, the game gives you a uh, like a weird, what is it called in there? Like a training mod thing or whatever, where you can, you can refight enemies and you'll still get experience from it. Oh, I don't think I ever did that. Yeah, you just, you can, through the pause menu, there's a battle oh. option. And that's it was cool. just, I, I was confused at first what it did, and it was just spawning enemies in, and I, 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 I it wasn't immediately clear to me. But yeah, that <laughs> essentially just lets you kind of auto grind, which is a neat quality of life feature. Yeah, I mean, I also like it. Every time you get equipment, the game tells you what you got. The game tells you, "Oh, hey, this is for this character." Like it, it does a very like little things, but to me, were very nice just to communicate to the player. I also really like I like the main character in this game. I mean, she's kind of bland. There's not a lot to her, but I just liked her. I mean, I just, I don't know. There, there was, I can't really say why. I just did. I don't I have an explanation. She doesn't do anything. She's not, she's no, she's no Chrono. She's no like Terra or Celeste, but she, she's there and she works. I know why you like her. It's the same reason I liked her. What's that? She kind of reminds me of Aya Brea. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can kind yeah. of see it. <laughs> yeah, kind, yeah, kind of. It's very loosely, but yeah. I mean, and I also, I like the idea that the whole story that you're sent on this mission to go find this mind control device, and then you find out that the agency you're working for is actually, dia- you know, diabolical and evil. Like, I, I like that. You know, I mean, I like that whole twist that happens pretty early in this game. What? Like, the, gov- the government facility you're working for turns out to be evil. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's really just one guy, too. I don't think it's actually the organization itself. It's just the one guy in charge is evil. Yeah, it was kind of unclear to me at times. Like, it felt like maybe the 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 intro section, especially, just seems so very rushed to me to kind of, and maybe that was just by design to get you to get you into the plot as quick as possible. But probably because I, I mean, this game this game moves very quickly. It it is a very fast paced game. I felt I think when I think about the story, I think what comes back to me most is maybe it, it felt like it tried to straddle the line between a serious tale and an extremely kooky one and <laughs> i it just the tonal shift never quite meshed with me even though there was elements of both that i enjoyed I, it just felt like it was a, maybe a little all over the the map at, at times for me to really get either too invested or just to write it off as just kind of dumb fun and then trying to serve both those masters i i, I think it would have i felt like it would have been better served by leaning like 15% in either direction. Does that seem fair? That's definitely fair cuz this game is very kooky at times and it it it, it like you like it, like you said it does try to get serious but it doesn't stick with it long. Yeah. I think just it would have been maybe better if it would have went more on the silly end than it does cuz I mean when you think about what they're doing it, it does get a little like dark. Like they're it's all about you finding a mind control device and this con- you know and they're going to use it to take away everybody's free will. I mean, and then you have kooky moments like when the first base you go to when you're exploring and you find blood on a grate and you said, hmm, this is, you know, this I, I want this is probably somebody named Chris. Like, you know, I mean, a straight up Resident Evil reference, which made me laugh, but like it doesn't you're, you're kind of having a serious moment where you see all these dead people everywhere. Then you just have a joke about Chris's blood. Yeah, just total non sequiturs thrown into like these like what should be horrifying circumstances. So it, it the tonal shifts I found a, a, a bit strange and hard to deal with. I did laugh hard though at that point. <laughs> so. There's some genuinely funny bits throughout the game. Like it's it, it can be hard for games to do humor. It turns out cringy, you know. A lot of times it just doesn't nail. But I I genuinely laughed out loud at, at a couple of just just the straight oddities that you that you find throughout this game. Yeah, it does have a lot of them. 
And like with the combat system, I mean, like the whole idea that you have abilities you can choose from and then the way the fight works, you can use an ability once and then you have to eventually rest to then get your abilities back. And the whole idea is you also have this meter building up that will like you'll have in a certain attack after so many turns will be like a special limit of break attack, let's kind of say, where when you do one of your attacks, it will do more damage or be more potent. So like you're always trying to like strategize like, OK, I want to use this ability, use this. I want to save this for when this happens. Like, And I, I really enjoyed that in the combat, even though I would do the same thing every turn later on. I still enjoyed that concept a lot. Yeah. So it, my first few hours yet, yeah, as you start discovering those interlocking systems in the combat specifically. Like, I, I, I just remember thinking, I don't know, two hours in, uh, and I was just like, all right, this this is way better than I expected. And <laughs> by, by the end, I was just so ready to be done with it because, like, kind of like you were saying, like, the promise is so strong and, the, like, the interlocking systems are such a cool idea. But by the end, you're just, you have your set strategy, and now it's just like going through meat shield after meat shield is what it felt like to me. Yeah, that's... Uh, that, yeah. That's why my difficulty went from the normal to very easy <laughs> or easy to very easy. I, I lowered it. I, I actually didn't play the game, the easy difficulty, which is anyone listening to the show. No, that's unlike me. Like I actually had this on a little bit harder so it wouldn't be as simple. But after when I got near the end, I just said, fuck it and put it on the easiest and just didn't care anymore. I uh, I played through on normal and I it was I found the balancing to be weird because it was generally pretty easy, I thought. But by the end. Everything you and the enemies, it seems like your defensive capabilities are far out outweighing your offensive capabilities. So you, it's just a matter of wearing their like massive HP pools down, whereas they don't really have the resources to do to you what the same. So you're just kind of trading ineffectual blows until they inevitably die, which was it's it was a bit of a letdown near the end of the game, even if some of the bosses did kind of make you think, you know, and really put that. Because the tools are there for it to be an awesome and very deep combat system. And just it, maybe this is effect of not playing on the harder difficulties that it offers you, but it never really put those tools to like where I felt like I was pushed to use them. No, I agree with that. I, and when I was watching reviews before this recording, it sounds like that's just the game itself. Like the, the hardest difficulty is like insanely hard or something, they, they, the way they made it sound. But you can speedrun it, so I got nothing. That's fair. Uh, Joel, what, di- what difficulty did you play on? Well, I, I felt like. I think I mentioned this in the, in the message group. I was playing because I think the the normal difficulties like heroin, right? Didn't can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I I played I played those those those, those four I think four uh, options. I played the second one for a while, which I guess is probably easy. And uh, I thought I read that there were fifteen chapters, and I was barely on ten. I was like, oof, I need to get through this. It's already Friday night, and so I bumped it up to easy. And then that was when I was like, I was looking through the through the uh, walkthrough I was reading, which this game has like almost no walkthroughs for it. No, it's yeah. there's not much. And uh, yeah, and then I was I was kind of scrolling through the end, and I was like probably on chapter ten. I noticed that I was already hitting the end of the page. I was like, oh, I guess that Google that that question on Google was wrong. So <laughs> it, that that's another thing. I mean, they're like normally when you look up games, there's usually a lot of stuff, and this game doesn't have a lot of information about it. Like surprisingly, not- I did stumble across an AMA by the developer, like, look, just trying to, I was, uh, so there's a super boss fight in the game and I was trying to find info on that and stumbled across a, a pretty cool AMA by the guy who made it. But, but yeah, it's for, for a relatively well-selling game, not a lot of guides and stuff out there on it. I should go boot my game back up to fight that boss. I forgot I didn't fight it. Oh, Cthulhu. Yeah. 
I think I beat him because I originally played this on PS4. I think it was four years ago, right before the show started. I think it was one of the games I played, but I wasn't I didn't care this time. I got to him. I found him. And I'm like, that's nice. And I just left. <laughs> I just wasn't yeah. in the mood to because I wasn't in a good mood at the time when I was playing this game about a week ago. So I just wasn't like I wasn't it wasn't I wasn't in the mood for an RPG. I'm like, I just want to get this over with and I want to punch things. <laughs> I don't want to play this type of game. It was it was a bit anticlimactic for me. So you encounter him somewhat early on, and he just will curb stomp your party at that point, unless you know, you're really good. But when I came back, um, I just totally beat him down within uh, a few minutes. So it was it was kind of unclear to me when 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 maybe the best time to fight him was, uh, and maybe I missed some super bosses or optional content along the way. Although I tried to be pretty thorough when I there, played through it. I- think are two super bosses in this game cthulhu and i think there's someone else that i also that i avoided too but i think there's one other one okay i did a few of the character specific side quests which again seems it seemed very much like a chrono trigger throwback uh-huh. to me like how things slow down and stop right before the end game to kind of let you flesh that's, out the characters if you like that's, that's an rpg thing though too i guess I, uh, so but it seemed very direct yeah it, it did remind me a lot of chrono trigger yeah i think I think my game glitched out. This game also has like a couple of weird glitches. I couldn't do like Dave, the like cyberpunky guy, who's honestly like I think all the character designs in this game are great. But um, <laughs> I couldn't do Dave's side quest. I went down to like the arcade, just wouldn't let me in. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing that one. The same thing happened to me. So I don't know if we went at the wrong time, like we went too late because I couldn't get in there either. Yeah. And then I know one that I was in the walkthrough. I was reading whenever you have to go around and collect items, if you if you um fail one of the guys out of the jail cell, you'll get the, the item to get, you'll get the dress automatically, which is weird. I don't think I did that. Yeah, whenever uh, you go see the sheriff as a guy in a jail cell, and he's like, oh, I gambled too much, and you can go down to the front desk and pay for his fine. And apparently that also gets, it gets him on, I think, your the little tiny team thing you have in, in, the, in the pause menu. It also, and the walkthrough I was reading, is like, if you did that, you also get the dress. I'm like, that's weird. That's a weird glitch. Huh. Mm. Okay. Yeah, there were some oddities I discovered, like some stuff that seemed either I did it out of turn or just not something the game expected. And it just kind of, you know, minor continuity er- errors th- throughout. I mean, I know with the guide, I found issues like with one, like near the end of the game, it told me to talk to this green, this guy next to the green cat, then fight the green cat. But I was supposed to do it way earlier in the game when you go to the fake millennial fair. And since I didn't do it, the guy wasn't there anymore. I mean, it didn't matter because I wasn't going for all achievements anyway. I was just trying to beat the game. And that was it. Right. So it didn't matter to me, but that I mean, that's more of a guide issue than the game issue, I don't think. I mean, I wonder what the thing with Dave. I was wondering if it was like you're supposed to do it at a certain time, and since we didn't do it at that right time, they wouldn't let us go back. It's my guess. Probably. But I, I don't know. I, yeah, and oh, Dave is one of the characters you get, which I, did, I stopped using pretty quickly. Yeah, I didn't like <laughs> any of his builds. No, he's I like a hacker. Dave. He's, like a support he's a support character, I guess, is the best way to put it, but he's just not that. I didn't like him. He, I used he, him when the game made me, but once I didn't no longer had to, it no longer made me. He was gone. I uh, did see online that he's considered one of the uh, like strongest characters, apparently. But I, I'm straight with you there. It's yeah. probably it's probably because I think most of the enemies you fight towards the end of the game are robots, and a lot of his attacks are like robot centric. Yeah, he's good for that. So that would make sense if you're using him then. So what was the final your guys boss wanna... is all robots too. So. Yeah. What was your guys' go-to party, like, by the end of the game? Alyssa, Sue, which I want to talk about. Ah, oh, fuck. The Sky- 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 guy? The-, the bug guy? I can't remember his name. 
and I think I use Khan, C-A-H-N, the girl that reminds me of Luca that you get, that joins you right in the beginning of the game. The gun, the gunmancer, yeah. which is a great, that's, that's, a, that's a great, just she's a great character too. Like her abilities are really good as the game progresses. Like, oh yeah, she's just like, the idea is that she's like a mage, but she's a gun mage essentially, I think is a way to put it. Maybe like, it's just really cool. Like she just summons guns out of nowhere and just shoots people. Like she's a very useful character. And she also has one of the few, she's one of the few characters that has the ability to revive people too. And that's why I, yeah. I, I kept her on my team. And a great healer. She's just a, a great, great all-around like character uh, in terms of her utility and stuff. Blake, who did you use for your team? Oh wait, no, um, I, I said my team wrong. It wasn't Khan. It was the green guy, Rock, uh, the fake shadow from that guy. I can't really think of his name. Who? The, the green guy, the bounty hunter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. I used, uh, of course, Alyssa, and I up until the very end, I had a uh, Cybe. He's uh, sorry, the names kind of escaped me too. I believe he had the like the song ability so you could set a song that would kind of do uh every turn deal some damage yeah um yes and i also um paired him with um uh, again i can't remember her name the girl that had the drones and the the sunglasses aret i think aretta aretta <laughs> yeah and and uh, i swapped that fourth spot a lot i think i ended up with con and then uh spoilers you lose uh aret uh, at some point kind of throughout. So I replaced her with Sue who Sue, Sue's Sue's great. Did you notice Sue has an ability called bum rush? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I didn't most... use him to the very end. Oh, I use him when, as soon as I get him. Oh, Sue is also a guy. For some reason, they have a boy named Sue. He's a bald guy <laughs> with a goatee who looks a lot like rude from FF seven. Yeah. For some reason. Coincidence. But he's super powerful and he's very like he has one of his attacks that I use constantly or I would use a lot in the end of the game. It's called Bum Rush, where he runs and attacks the enemy, does a huge amount of damage, but he drops his defense really low when you do it. So you kind of want to wait to do it not too soon or you're going to be fu- or he's going to be fucked. But he was my go to guy in this game because he has a counterattack ability. He has he can buff himself with earth. He's just super freaking powerful. He was my favorite. Um, I found that near the end or even really for the majority of the game, I started just abusing those abilities that did so much damage, but debuffed you because the fights, the enemies just weren't a threat to where the debuffs really, I felt hindered me. So it was just a matter of how fast and how much offense I could put out. And again, that's a function of perhaps not playing on a harder difficulty, but it just never, very few things ever really felt like threats to my character, especially you heal after every fight. So there's not a lot of resource management and that type of thing. I love that though. I, I don't mind it. Absolutely not. But it just, it never really felt like it was, you'd get into areas where there are you know, a string of seven or eight fights. And it's just, that was, it became my least favorite part of the game just because once you <laughs> land on an optimal strategy, it's yeah. just, you know, not, not a lot of interplay there. I mean, I like that in RPGs when I can just do the same thing over and over again, but I got to be in the right mood for it though, too. And I, I, I got kind of bored near the end of the game too. So I completely understand. That's fair. yeah. It, this was a game with like I, I felt like some pretty distinct peaks and valleys in a lot of ways. Oh, yes. uh, Joel, what team did you use? So what is it? I actually also agree. Uh, I'm always a slut for like gun magic. So uh, my <laughs> team, my team sure. uh, D and D characters usually consist of me having a gun. But uh, it was Alyssa. My team's a little. Was, I thought I had a pretty interesting team. It was Alyssa, then Finn, then I had the the singer, the girl with knives, Lauren. And, yeah, and then I also had uh, the gun mentor girl, Khan. Okay, uh, Khan. Yeah, and then um, 
what is it? I, I had a lot of stuff where, like, I think Finn had an attack where if he's on full HP, his attack does double damage. And so you just use that at the start. And then um, I use a lot of, uh, it was a, the girl with the knives. She has a, a, one of the abilities where if, like, enemies have multiple debuffs, uh, one of her attacks does more damage. So She's really good. I mean, you meet Lauren pretty early because after you end up getting, after you end up, betraying the government and escaping she you end up going to her club because someone knows her to join the resistance which amused me ff6 reference right there if they're all resistant thing they're you know they're not returners but still like it was very much it felt like an ff6 reference and like you meet her in, in a club and she's actually a really good character like you know she she's actually a singer but then she joins you to, to help you out because you're you know you didn't join the resistance because you're trying to go and get the government like her whole and like, one of the abilities you're talking about, like, if an enemy's at full health, she does more damage. So every time the fight would start, that's what I would do first. Yeah, yeah. Microphone bark. The game does a good job of, like, throughout the entire game of making you use everybody. Because things happen, different people join Alyssa. So you're always being forced to use every character until you get to the end of the game. And you can really just say, okay, I want to use these four. And I, I like that the game, I like every character in this game but one I hate using and will never use. I, I can guess it. which one it is. <laughs> is, it, is it the robot? Yeah, Clyde is useless. Yeah. I thought I didn't use, like, I, I love the idea, like that noir kind of uh, PI that you get near the end. Fuck, I, I don't remember did, his name. Orphan? Orphan O, I think? I, I remember Clark, the robot, who I have also hated and never used. But yeah, uh, I uh, Orson? Is that, is that what we said? Is that right? I think so. I'm trying to look I, it up right, right now while we're talking. Yeah, I believe that's right. Because a lot of his stuff, it was like, um, so like sacrifice abilities and that kind of thing. And, and like Clark had a, a motive of, of that kind of thing. It just felt like too complicated when I didn't, when I could just put out some burst damage characters and, and it was so much more efficient. It felt very unnecessary. Like you do, right. you have two characters in this game that are very much about kill themselves. I don't under, I don't use that type of strategy at all. Like Clyde, is it Clyde? Yes, Clark. Clyde. Clark, Clark. All his abilities are about killing himself, and I'm just like, why? Why would I want to kill you? When it's already so hard to revive your characters, that's not something that you know. You just don't have a pouch full of Phoenix Downs. Yeah, like I don't, I don't get it. Like those are most of what his abilities were. Like, okay, kill, you know, he'll blow himself up and he'll do damage to the enemy. Like it was constantly about self destruction. I'm just like, but why? <laughs> I didn't get it. I, I don't. I don't, the game makes you use him at one point. I forget even. I don't even remember why he joins you, but. <laughs> I, yeah. he, he he's part of the kooky part we're like so it, it does feel like uh some of this was just thrown in there almost at random is it's really what it feels like it's a, it's just like yeah. so off the wall and just juxtaposed against this like real serious mind control galactic plot just yeah just that whiplash that i was talking about yeah, it's one of those things that I don't understand. Like, I can't, like, I played through this game about a week ago or so now, but I don't remember a lot of it already. Like, it's already kind of left my brain and moved on. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's just, it's that type of game. I mean, I like what it does. I like the idea that everything moves very quickly in this game, too. Like, you're constantly getting new characters. You're constantly ending up in different environments, and you're just progressing with the story. And, like, you even have little, like, world map areas where you run around and you're smaller, Chrono Trigger, and then you go into a place and then you're now normal-sized sprites again. <laughs> and, I mean, oh, and I gotta talk about, there's a there's a fair that you go to that essentially is Millennial Fair, essentially. Did you do one of my favorite parts of the game? And th this, th there was some uh, environmental puzzles in the game that I actually rather enjoyed. I wish there was more of them. 
but there was a logic puzzle at that fair that I ended up taking about an hour and a half and like three notebook pages. Cause I just, I, I had no internet access and I was like, I am figuring this fucking puzzle out. All the I rock, paper, here. scissors one. Yes. Yes. That's it. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, I ended up, I ended up doing it. Like I just, I was so proud of myself. It was a really good puzzle. I just googled mine. <laughs> I, 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 I worked that thing out. Took took me forever because it was. I was. <laughs> it's a quick story. So uh, it, the, the way it the way it frames it is like it tells you like basically like the moves that you make or can't make. You know, it's a logic puzzle. And so I had this whole graph worked out, and I was a hundred percent sure I'm right. And of course, um, I was, I was basically mistaken. So like I had mirrored everything. So like in my mind, the game tells you, it's like, all right, you don't pick scissors in round two is like one of your hints. So, okay, well, I just mark out scissors, but you're, you're trying to predict their moves. So if I don't use scissors, that means that they in turn are not using your know, rock. So like once I kind of inverted everything as opposed to, uh, you know, like what your character was picking. It all clicked into place, but I was getting so pissed off because I was like, <laughs> at three pages of charts. I was like, I fucking know I have this right. And it was telling me I'm wrong. I had no internet. I just wanted to bash my switch against the wall. <laughs> but then I li- literally woke up in the middle of the night, like, holy fuck, I, <laughs> I realized what I'm doing. Went and it did it like two in the morning and just so mm. proud of myself. There is um, <laughs> an early boss fight around that fair, too. Uh, you can also fight someone in that fair. You can beat You can fight like a little tournament right by a tent and I think you earn something which again remind me of Gato beat me up and earn 15 silver points or however the hell it goes <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> that's right yeah references galore you pointed out the uh, the awesome kind of extended Resident Evil oh there's more inside it yeah yeah it's there's did you did you do Finn's side quest Finn I did um well that is that is the same is that not the same mission the uh, well, police station? No, that's the police station. It's early. It's really early in the game. You have the Chris's blood reference, but it's when you Finn is an officer that joins you that I guess is supposed to be related. to Alyssa's like, I'm one of your cousins. Somebody is like, you know, one of those dumb comp jokes. Yeah, sure. And like, you you have to go to the police station late in the game to help him out do his side quest. And it's the first you come in there and there's a bunch of zombies in the police station. And and I also laugh at the police station has a statue in the front and two stairs on the side. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a it's a straight uh, uh-huh. Resident Evil two, even down to like you take uh, eyegla- eyeball like gems to insert into the statue, like it was a clear. And I it wish it would have leaned into those elements at some point. Like in the first, like I said, the first zombie you fight has blonde hair and is parted. Did you notice that too? Oh you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, stuff. this is great. Then you go into the basement, and the basement has a lab, and the and the chief is actually a, is actually a criminal is a villain. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> like, He's also a tyrant. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, I, I got a huge kick out of it. I, didn't, I hated Finn. I never used him other than that when the game made me in that side quest. But I just thought it was just so cool to see this little part. Same. And I did appreciate, I, I love quality of life and stuff like this, especially old school RPGs, how all your characters, even the ones you don't use, level and gain abilities and everything. Uh, so that's always appreciated. It was nice. It, it need, I mean, I think all RPGs should have that. They shouldn't, because it promotes you trying different things in a game instead of just being forced to use the same characters over and over again. A hundred percent. I was, I was very pleased by that. I also enjoy early on. You have a big mech fight that you have to fight in parts. You fight his feet and oh, you go yeah. higher than you. I really like that fight too. Like it's really early on, but it was fun to me. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about the part. 
thought you were talking about the part where you where you actually play as the mech and have a giant kaiju fight for no fucking reason. That's right. That's right. I think you beat the mech first. That was also really damn cool. <laughs> Amazing. That's that's that, the kind of stuff I wanted more out of. That reminded me of Live Live. I don't know if it was. A, I doubt it was a Live Live reference, but that's what it made me think of. Because in Live Live, you get a mech to fight a giant Buddha statue. But I wouldn't be surprised. This was just a reference fest from start to finish. I think uh, one of the other things I like about this game, because I'm talking about quality of life, I did like that, and I, I also agree more games should do that, and that's the reason why I haven't gone back to Persona 5. But I also like that you never had to heal your party outside of battles, so you could. it was easier. One of the reasons why I didn't skip every enemy encounter was, was oh, before being thinking I was being crushed for time, was the thing of, oh, I can sit there and, and run through enemies, because after I beat one and run in the other, I'm back at full health. Yeah. Not a lot of RPGs do like the the one that always comes to mind when that for me is Soccer Frontier did it in PS1, but that's a whole nother game. <laughs> that's the that's so I mean that was the first time that I remember really being introduced to that. But I love that concept. I love being healed in between fights just because like save me the trouble of buying ninety nine potions so I can use two of them once in a great while. Just heal me after battle. Like don't don't make me do something that serves no purpose. Yeah, they they streamlined the resource management into like its purest form, in 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 its the way you know you have to to defend, and it's just it's just you, you have your eight abilities, and you know like you were saying, you can only use those uh, most only once, and then you have to refresh them. So it it just distills that resource management of many RPGs down to like its most simplistic form, and was mostly I thought successful when it did that. I was also a big fan of the Zavorax character, which is like this green bounty hunter that you get throughout the game. He joins you off and on, but only when the money's good. Pretty much, he makes comments about like he's like, "I'll help you, but I'm taking your bounty." He's like, "I'm taking the bounty for all this." I can't be the only one that like he really reminded me of Shadow and not the Hedgehog. (laughs) So I mean, that's all I could think of. Like, hey, it's Shadow from FF6 because he just shows up randomly. Essentially, the same idea. I love that. Like, I, I mean, I feel like whoever created this game was just like me. Like, he was just somebody who loved, you know, Super Nintendo and PS1 games. He's like, fuck it, we're making a reference. <laughs> we're just going to make what I want. I just, I, I, when, when I think about those interactions, especially, like, I, I wish we could have got a little bit more uh, depth or maybe just some moral ambiguity from, from Alyssa. She's such a, she's such just a kind of a Mary Sue in terms of her characterization, you know, just a yeah. complete do-gooder. You don't get a lot of twists and turns. Which is is maybe you know not necessarily a criticism, just pointing it out. But you, there are times with those character kind of interactions when when I was hoping that there was more beneath the surface. But almost everyone is essentially who they appear to be when you first meet them. Not a lot of growth and you know like dynamics in these characters. There's you know, only a couple of characters that are not who you think they are. Yeah, you, know, you, you say that, Blake, but I feel like you're also onto something. Because there's like two instances in the I feel like this game probably has some cut content. There's like two instances of this game where I'm like, I feel like this was going somewhere and it goes nowhere at all. The first being like, I think in the very first like five, ten minutes when Alyssa goes to sleep, she has that really weird dream. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's yeah, also and, right. Yeah, we'll go ahead. Yeah, I know. And then I was like, I know we're going to come up with two. Yeah, that, that dream goes nowhere. But at the end of the game, during like the final, like running towards the final boss you fight like five clones of Alyssa and that also <laughs> goes nowhere. It's like there's, it's not, it, all it is is the character description. All the characters, all the enemies have descriptions and it just says, huh, these guys look familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> right. It, yeah. It goes nowhere. Yeah. That is so, a weird one. I thought like, yeah, they, yeah, they don't do anything with it. They just, I mean, yeah, I got nothing. 
Yeah. So right in the in the very beginning again, and this is this stuck with me I for whatever reason. Uh, Con Chan, the gunmancer, she joins. So you're on a ostensibly a very high like level secret mission going solo and within the first few minutes she pops in and it's like oh what are you doing here she's like oh i was just bored so i'm just gonna join you on your top secret mission that no one knows about (laughs) and at first i was like okay like maybe they're laying the seeds for like this character like she shouldn't be here no it's just it's just literally like just she just randomly popped in on your so and those kind of things that yeah it's it's a great way to frame it like seems like they were they were or could have been seeds for cooler or deeper ideas or just played as essentially one-off jokes and forgot about and this game has so many jokes <laughs> yeah i also like that you get an airship pretty quickly i mean you, i mean again you don't go many places it just lets you choose what planet to go to and that you can then go be- revisit places but like you have like i did enjoy the like the whole idea that you join the resistance you go to this underwater base that they have and that you have to turn off the gate because it's keeping away the ghosts and all i could think of was a final fantasy spirits within reference that it was the gate that was keeping out the phantoms this whatever the hell they call them in that stupid movie yeah it, just, it, it all bleeds together so much for me so much like it, it, it just, with very little of it having stakes like all of these all of these betrayals and and just like ostensibly you know important missions just didn't didn't leave much of an <laughs> didn't leave much of an impact no because like it also does a good job i think of separating you a lot like because you have the part where you, you get the after you you go down there you fight the ghost you get you get your you attack the enemy ship you get your own ship and then you can kind of like choose i think you have to go to a certain town first i don't pretty sure at least i did follow just following the guide but that's when you kind of get the opening like the first planet you go to is like a desert planet but you're in tunnels and stuff and it, no not desert sorry it's uh, like a jungle planet but you go underground and everything's like a desert with casinos and stuff like i thought that was that's where you clark i like that i like that you have a little part you have to dress up and go in like sneak around the mansion to get secrets it was annoying me, but it was cool. Yeah, the, the part itself was frustrating, but I, I agree. Like that's the kind of stuff that I would have liked to see more of. Yeah, and they should have went there more. And like another thing we hadn't touched on yet, but throughout this game, you also find random NPCs that you talk to that will then join your ship and be like part of your team, and they give you like special bonuses depending on which one you pick. I thought that was a cool concept too. Yeah, not a lot of depth to the system, but but no. I agree. Like the idea itself was cool, uh, but again, it's just a, another example of things that like things that's. Uh, again, it's a small game. It's a kickstarted game, but so many seeds. I would like to see what these guys could do with like a you know a bigger budget, a bigger expansive game because there's so many cool ideas that don't necessarily blossom into like their full potential. Yeah, and this is when the game I think makes you use Clark that I just couldn't wait to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah. I would. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure because they're still making games. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a sequel sometime in the next eventually because they do kind of leave it open like a kind of open-ended ending for the game so i can't even i i honestly i feel bad i can't even remember where, how it ends like what what was you know so it's just left we we you, you, the game goes it has its its pacings you have a whole you know there's a there's a secret mind control device made by something what is it and then you you run around doing all these different missions being different people the the main bad guy i think technically you don't kill him at the end of the game technically and whenever you get like the final cut role where it shows where all the characters are doing which i'm assuming is probably also a chrono trigger thing maybe i missed what um the at the end of at the end of the game it shows what all the characters are up to after you've beaten the game oh and you're asking if chrono trigger does that yeah i wouldn't know i mean so there's like there's yes, been yes, yes, at the end, yes. yeah but 100%. yeah the 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 alien the the big ship that you fight uh ends up 
saying that it it will return one day, no matter how long it takes. The the main bad guy, the your boss or whatever, at the end of the game, there's a like a little info dump you get where he he was never found and he's still running around somewhere. So yeah, I mean, I, they could make a sequel if they really wanted to. I hope they do. I would like to, I would love to see a sequel that you know when they can flesh out more of what they learned. I mean, I think Cthulhu, uh, Cthulhu, Cthulhu Saves Christmas, I think, also touches on some of that stuff. I'm assuming because that's their, that's their next game that came out after this. But, like, all their games are canon to each other or something? I don't know. I don't know if it's canon, but I just feel like it, you know, like it just touched on the stuff that they learned in this one that they just continued on. Well, I know this, you know, Cosmic Star Hero and all the previous ones are fiction. But, of course, Cthulhu Saves Christmas is a, a, a true story. So that's probably, <laughs> that's probably the, the disconnect there. Uh, the graphics look very much the same. Like the menu is very much the same. It's just um, Christmas orientated game. I don't know. I really want to play it now. So speaking of graphics, I, to me, I think the pixel art was easily the high point of this game in, in terms of just what it did. And, and just, I mean, genuinely some of the most striking pixel art that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. They're really good sprites. Fan, fantastic. Even the the background work and just um, some of the, the, the details was just I mean I was genuinely blown away by how good this pixel game looked. I was surprised too. Like it 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 still looks really pretty too. Yeah. And, and it it very much captures that era that I love so much. The Super Nintendo era. Also this game has a ton of like secrets in it. Like when you as you run around like the you have the three different planets you go to as you run around planets you'll see little areas that you can just go off to and fight a secret boss that isn't that you know that's kind of meant to be fought while you're there and you get like a new character you get like a new guy to join your crew. I think, you know, a support character. Yeah. And even some abilities are locked behind those fights. And that, that I, that was one of my more favorite elements of the game. Like lots of tucked away stuff that you could easily miss. Lots of unique things. Like you have the bug town that I liked a lot. Where you, that's where you get the, God, what the hell is his name? That, is it's that Cyber? Yeah, Cybe. He's a bard essentially, which, so, I mean, one thing with him, I only use, I had him set up the same way once I got him pretty much the whole game. He has he has a region song that he can do, so he just keeps he, you keep getting healed every turn. And he also has an item you can give him where he the songs don't end. So he would just cast region at the beginning of every fight, and that's how he played every single fight for me. <laughs> I actually played him as an offensive bard, so he has a pain song, which deals. I mean, it, it was doing like six thousand damage essentially. So it's essentially Damn. adding an extra Damn. character. He was uh, to me, he was the most powerful character in the game. Okay, so you use them better than I did because I was only healing like 30 HP a turn, but I just am a sucker for that. That's how I killed Cthulhu. So him and a ret who puts out a drone were essentially turning myself into a six-person party. And so it just felt like I... And both of their abilities attack everybody, which uh, was something I I found myself gravitating towards. I would just... Creating builds to essentially to, to wipe out everyone you know, as, as quick as possible. Um, so they yeah. both played in, into that. and. Uh, I found extremely powerful, both of them. You kind of have to, I think. Like, that's the best way to play this game, because you do fight so many enemies that are just all sponges. So, like, if you have an attack that hits everybody, and especially hits your weaknesses, like, you can do a lot of damage fast. Exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like that was the, the clear, like, optimization route. That's why I played this game. I mean, I did some. I, I would have certain attacks that hit everyone that I would kind of, like, work towards. Like, I would, I would beat on each enemy a little bit, and then do a big attack that hit everything to try to take people out faster. Yes. Yeah, essentially the same. Alyssa, Alyssa's real handy in that because she has both a lot of buffs and like multi-target attacks. So 
always appreciate it when the main character lets you play with different strategies, you know, like those, the, that versatile character that ties everything together. Yeah. And then I don't think, I think the main thing you do on planet Nullop, which is the, the second planet you, with the planet you go to early on the game at the second planet, the one with the jungle, then the, the casino, that's where you end up getting side and you go through that whole tower. And like, I think you're just there to get something to do with the mind control device to try to like, you're trying to find a, a stop for it. And I, I want to see the next planet you go to, God, is that Nullop? No, Rondu. Yeah. Rondu. Rondu also, and then Nullop is the last one. And which one had the ghost? One of them has a ghost town you have to go to, too, which I thought was okay. That's another dungeon. You run around and fight a bunch of ghosts for some reason. I don't even remember why. I can't I can't remember the names, but I, you have the, I remember the jungle planet that you start on. Then there's like the Wild West kind of area. Yeah, that's the same planet. Okay. And then there's the and, other planet, which is the one where you get arrested for the mayor's death. Yes. And that's like I, the... Uh, I like that. I like how you get to this town. The mayor's like, hey, come have tea with me. And then he dies. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, you killed our mayor. They're like, no, no, I didn't. I really like that. I get a kick out of that. I thought that was a good, a good scene that you have to kind of prove that you're innocent because you're on this planet. You're guilty to prove it innocent, which I find interesting, too. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, it's just a good little thing where it kind of breaks up the monotony of what you've been doing. And here you have to go and be a detective. You got to run around the town. You got to find your private investigator to work for it to help you. Then you have to go. You have the only issue. You have to talk to certain NPCs in a certain order. It won't trigger event. Yes. That very frustrating for me. So like I was trying to do it, but like I found the lab and I had the sample, but I didn't have the right sample. And I was missing. I was missing something that I was supposed to go do back at the crime site. And so it was screwing everything up. And I had to finally just, because I was using the guy too, just redo my steps and I could finally get it to continue. You have to go to a, like a, a fake McDonald's and you find out he, he ate there all the time and stuff. And I also find it amusing. They just left his body just laying there like they didn't clean it up. They didn't <laughs> yeah. they didn't pardon it off. Nothing just there. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, it was just it was a nice change. It was a nice change of pace that you that you're sitting here doing exploring instead. I have a I have a weird question for both of you then. Sure. What since Alyssa's your main character, what's your Alyssa build look like? Yeah, I had a for me, it was pretty specific. So um there, there's a, sh- I think it's a shield, but it, it's the one that, uh, it's called like the heroin shield, and it's, it, it's essentially lets you do the team up attacks, many of which are, were very strong. So I, I kept that on her, and she was essentially, it was always kind of the same. She would use Inspire on, it, usually Lauren is who I would have her Inspire first, and then she would work on buffing herself with her Flood. So, um. She she would essentially buff the party, and then it was all about her doing uh, her AOE damage, and then and then working around her programs that that worked with the other people. She had one, especially with a ret that does like three hundred percent damage to the entire group. Damn. So I would just yeah. So it was just a matter of like buffing her, and then using your hyper on that, and that would eighty five percent of the times end up you know winning the match for me. And for me, I would have her buff herself usually on the first turn. And she was very big damage for me. But I also have a tendency in games like this to use melee attacks just because I, I have I have like my certain go to attacks for me. She used the water, the laser, and then I had I had the, like the water attack to hit everybody. So, but she was she was very built for defense, even though she did have the one healing ability at all times. She was the only person that could heal later in the game. She gets a single target ability that does it does massive damage, but it couldn't kill anybody. It would oh, yep. it one. oh, and I, I would just totally abuse that i use that one a lot too yeah that's a good ability she was a she was a good character like she was decent for me 
Yeah. Did you know that her her Inspire only does uh, like fifty percent on herself though, so you don't get oh. the whole benefit of it. Yeah. Okay, that I did not know. Also, did you guys use Orson much? He's the alien no. you get on this planet that has a like astronaut helmet on his head for some reason, and I didn't. I only use him when the game made me, but I didn't really care for him. No, but I feel like you were supposed to at some point because he does. It says in his description he does tons of damage to spectral enemies. Mm-hmm. But right. The game, one of the issues I have with a game is two, it was two of them. The game doesn't really tell you when enemies are like certain things. So you weren't really sure when enemies were robots or what was considered spectral. And also you kind of had to keep like a weird mental tab on like when stuff like you have some abilities where it's like, oh, this, you know, you can buff Alyssa for three turns. Another one where like, I still can't remember her name, the gunmancy girl. Uh, yeah, I had her with. What is it? She could she could buff defense, but it didn't say how long it lasted, and there was no real way to tell when that buff went away. Yeah, the UI in general, I thought could use some work. I definitely agree. I I stumbled into that at multiple times when I, it wasn't clear to me like what buffs and debuffs and abilities were even active at any given time. It doesn't do a good job of showing you that or let you know how long stuff lasts. Like there's no icon like where there should be. Yeah. It's it, once you start looking into the system, it is a bit deeper than than it, you might realize. Because especially the buffs and debuffs can play such a big role, but there's like a hidden value kind of behind the scenes. So like every time you inflict a, a buff or debuff, it then becomes progressively harder to re-inflict that same buff or debuff. Oh, but I didn't know that. Uh, okay. You most yeah, you you have to kind of dig into either some random NPC or maybe the notes. I can't even remember where I learned that, but uh, a, a lot of that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, the game just doesn't really clearly and explicitly lay out for you. I guess you don't need it, though, too, because you can just bum-rush your way through this game. For the most part. Now, I imagine the higher difficulties might... Although I, I did end up watching, just for my own curiosity, someone fighting Cthulhu on the hardest difficulty, and they essentially used the exact same strategy I did. So, <laughs> you found uh, the right I'm one. Yeah, how much, how much did I really miss out by not just essentially upping their HP pools, which are already massive anyway? Yeah, they have way too much HP. And it's, that was one of my issues with this game. It's way too much freaking HP. But yeah, just considering all, that all the way through. I, I could take a lot of hits too. It's like kind of like, eh, okay. And I think there's anything else on that planet with Orson that's worth mentioning. Like, I know there's a... There's a Gunmancy Temple there, which I thought oh, was yes. pretty cool. That was, I, I like that. That was, that was neat. Yeah, I, that's I like, like how... I, I like that. They all have side. I think almost everyone had some kind of side quest. I tried doing them like or they just have little things where like you go to a you go to a certain building and talk to somebody with this character in your party and they'll join you. And that was part of their side quest. And and then the game kind of lies to you because after you finish the planets, the game says that there's a point of no return, which is not really a point of no return, though. Yeah, I got that, that. Comes, that comes later. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah, like you're like, you might want to save now. I'm like, OK, and then you you select the menu. And you go to an asteroid to finish, essentially to go fight because that's where the the director of the agency that you were part of from the beginning had went to and has the mind control device and is going to launch it. So you end up going there. And did you notice, uh, Blake? You might have caught this when you're going to go fight him. Did you notice how all the all the lights came on as you're walking towards him? On the uh, side? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like blinking on one by one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Megas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this was made like, well, like this was made for me. Like this was, I mean, this was somebody who's like, yeah, we, we know what you like, Mike. We're going to, we're going to do that. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, a little yeah, thing, 100%. but it, it just made me smile because it, it, it had the same thing. The lights, you know, it has, a, it has like a circle pattern in the, in the floor. He throws off his cape and I'm just like, 
I don't, I don't <laughs> make it throws a cape, but it just reminded me so much of Megas. I mean, it was just great. Yeah, this is kind of like when the clear. game. Is this the last time? This is the last time we fight him too? Correct at this point. Yeah. Okay, because this is when you find out that he's not actually as evil as you think he is. Because when you beat him, you lose one of your party members. God, what the hell's name? Artist or is that when you lose a rat? A rat. Yeah, I didn't use her, so I didn't care. But yeah, this is when you find out that because she's she was part of the, she's the leader of the rebel alliance that you're working with or the resistance, and you find out that. She betrays you. She actually wanted the Lumina device for herself. I, I used her. She has, she has a lot of uh, what is it? Uh, the drone attacks. The drones. Not the drone, not the, the drone attacks too, but also the uh, her vials did different elemental damage. That was really useful. Oh yeah, yeah. She was She's a mate of mine. She was really good. I just didn't like her for some reason. I don't know. I I kind of got like I I get particular with my characters in this game that that really grew on me. Like before I even played this game, I knew Sue was going to be part of my team. And I knew Zor, the bounty hunter, was gonna be part of my team just because I like I like melee people a lot too in games, even though it wasn't beneficial for me all the time. But it's what I like. One thing I did hope to see more, kind of early on, really early on, you find like a flamethrower for Chan, you know, and it. I, I I'm not sure if it was optional <laughs> or not, but it seemed kind of. And so I, don't I, think it I is. okay. Well, I just I thought that was really cool. It's like so you're essentially finding items that were doubling, you know, as your weapons and abilities, but then you don't really get a lot more of that throughout the game there's some side quests that give few more you know but like that that i'm a sucker for that interplay like uh this game does really well you know how there's no transitions between your battles and your screens and then just like the blurring of the lines between story and mechanics and it 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 really nailed that element of it a lot and then it would just kind of take three steps back sometimes and forget about it yeah that's a good way to put it a lot of throwing stuff at the wall. It felt like it's some, some, some of it stuck, some of it didn't, but whether or not it was just on rapid pace onto the next bit before any of it really landed. There's also a star Wars reference here at one point, like you do, which I made me laugh. I forget what you do, but I think you, you break into somewhere, you check the computer and she's like, everything's fine here. How are you? We just had a weapon malfunction. How are you? <laughs> They're like, what? We're on our way. <laughs> it's yeah, too bad you didn't say boring conversation. Anyway, the so Ashford also- was, all right, like you're not there very long before it's, it's a it's kind of a small dungeon, you know, the last point in the game. And then I think it gives you a lot of good equipment, too. Yeah. The equipment question I had a question about, too. Do most of these games, because you all are probably more familiar with them than I do. Do they have like like other Final Fantasy games like Ultima weapons? Yes. Most RPGs always have some weapon that is the best of that weapon or the best yeah. of each character. That's very common in RPGs. There's always usually best armor and best weapon. I'm just surprised this game didn't have more of like that or even where like because the only reason why, like you said, you used it. I didn't use the that weird heroin shield was because like, oh, do I want more defense or do I want to use this thing where I have no idea really how to use it? And I'd rather go for more defense. Yeah. One thing that I didn't like. So I did like the uh, the 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 kind of systems with the shields and the weapons and your your charm or whatever you use. But one thing that I didn't like is that. Each shield had very unique abilities, but you would so often find a new one that was just so much better. That I, I wish there was a, maybe a way to customize or upgrade old shields because that played such a role in like your combat strategies. But uh, you know, you just couldn't use uh, an early shield, even if it had some of the abilities you might like, just because its stats were so outweighed. Even though it does does kind of force you in some elements to change up your your strategy on the fly, which I can like at times. There was just such so so many items and abilities that it was almost like overload on that front. 
Yeah, because the game does give you a lot of tools. Yeah, and you don't use, at least for me, the majority of them. No, you're you're definitely right. No, and I was wrong. You, it wasn't the asteroid where you fight the director with the Magus fight. It's you fight him, then you go to the the asteroid, you fight him again, and that's where you finally kill him, and that's where she then turns on you. Okay, I do. It was foreshadowed, or at least I took it as foreshadowing, uh, because they mentioned at one point girl with the glasses, and it's implied or even stated that it might have been that rival agent that you kind of come across a few times. Echo. uh, Echo. And, uh, but to me, I was like, oh, I think they're talking about a ret. And uh, <laughs> whether it was intentional or, you know, just a coincidence, when she later betrayed you, I was like, okay, see, that's like the kind of thing that I would have liked to have seen more of. I would say it's intentional because you also see her very early on when you get the prototype before she does. She was there trying to get it. So it's very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hated to lose her as a party member, but <laughs> I, I get it. I, I love the emotional stakes part of it were cool. And then when you go to the final dungeon, which is an airship, uh, an alien ship. All I got were Black Omen vibes constantly in this place. Yes, uh, 100%. <laughs> which, I mean, again, just felt very purposeful. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was 100%. Like, some of the areas you walk on, like, where you fight the enemy, and you just, the, you have, like, you're just, um, you're just walking on this platform. Like, this is 100% someone who loved Black Omen, who just remade the Black Omen. Oh, Blake, did you run into that uh, Mecha Dragon boss in here? Ooh, I believe it's an, so. It's a uh, random enemy in the ship that will kill you, like, will kill everyone almost in one hit. Okay, no, I don't remember anything like that, then. You can um, skip I'll, it. Huh, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like... Could, but you can. I never, I do know, I never ran into enemy, any enemies that I felt were, like, were optional, and then just beat me, and I moved on, except for Cthulhu. So either I didn't encounter them, or just happened to beat them and, and moved on. Because I, I had to lower the difficulty to very easy to beat him because, like, he would kill everyone in one hit. Like, huge amounts of damage in one hit. Mm. Like, over hundreds of what they actually had. So it was hard. You couldn't really heal it to get it back. Oh, wow. Okay. I I'm, I must have missed that because I never encountered anything quite like that outside of Cthulhu. Okay. He was really annoying. Like, the tr- and I found out he's also optional because after I beat him and I was exploring, I found there's another path that went around him. So I'm like, you can you completely miss him. Interesting. And I, I, I really tried to go out of my way to just hit every path, you know, and see, but there are some, it's, there's some, it's more expansive than, than a lot of the areas may look at like a glance. Some of these yes. places have a lot going on in them. I was surprised. There was one, uh, do you guys remember there's a section where it's like a kind of color key, key codes with like laser barriers with different colors? So, mm-hmm. so you're turning some on and off. There was a few uh, areas hidden in there with like some really cool items and stuff like that. And then that, those are those environmental puzzles that I was talking about. Like, I think it re- it did a really good job of that kind of stuff. And I had hoped to see more. Is is that the one where uh, you can like get the sorts of batteries around? You drop items into lower areas and stuff like that. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly right. That was fun too. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That was cool. They did a lot of stuff like that in this game. They did a lot of weird little things. I mean, not enough, 100% agree, but it was nice that they had it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did get annoyed because, like, the final boss fight in this game just keeps on going. Like, it goes a little too long. For sure. To, especially Like, three or four forms you have to go through. Like, the first form, you fight your friend's head on a, in a giant robot, and then you find out that she was controlled, too, and then you fight another robot fight. It reminded me a lot of Lavos, too, because it just kept going. It didn't end, and that's how I felt with Lavos the first time, where you have the the giant shell, you do all those fights, then you do the inner fight, and then you do another inner fight. It reminded me very much of that. Yeah, there, it felt like an element of padding, especially when it, the the balancing itself felt a little strange, because especially near the end, I, 
you would have you know a few hundred hit points, whatever, four or five hundred. But some enemies would end up doing like one or two damage just on their normal hits, and so I, I'm not sure if it was just a function of them running out of time. But the, the balancing itself just kind of seemed a little scattershot, and, and that got worse the farther I went into the game. <laughs> but they do have some really strong hits near the end, though, too. But I mean, there's ways to like really break this game. I've been watching a speedrun while we've been talking. You can really break this game. Like they had, they did an ability where Dave did like a hundred thousand damage in one turn. Oh wow. The economy so, also felt skewed. Did, did, did both you guys? End, I ended with like so many millions of surplus credits that I had, was nowhere close to being able to use. Same. I did not. I had a lot of credits, but not like a huge surplus because I found a random shop in one of the towns hidden off somewhere that sold really good equipment that was really expensive. Okay, yeah, I, I bought everything I could just because I could, and still just I felt like I was always just rolling around with massive surplus of money. <laughs> No, I don't. I, I never really felt that way. But the final boss just really, really annoyed me. <laughs> I was also ready for this game. I mean, this game, I also think, is the perfect length. It's not too long. It's about eight hours long or so. And that's, it's just long enough. It's like you finish the game, you move on, but it's just just enough of a game. Yeah, it was starting to push its welcome a little bit by the end. But but I mm-hmm. agree. I, I, it, it, I thought it struck a pretty good balance of, you know, content versus just, just length. Because not a lot of padding, thankfully, because it, you know... There's a little, like but there's a not, little, not an insane amount like you will get in some games. Exactly. I also but, felt like the the last boss is also referenced to levels because his last form has two orbs on the side and the centerpiece, and it just reminded me a lot of levels because the stupid bit that you because the, the real final boss of levels is the bit in Chrono Trigger, not actually the humanoid thing, right? Which the game does not communicate to you. So that's what it, that's what I thought they were gonna do here. They didn't do that, but that's what I was thinking of when I played. I'm like, oh, you're gonna do this shit, aren't you? Where it's really the bit on the right side with 100,000 HP is the actual boss, not the one in the center with less HP. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Look, because the bit I, will revive in Chrono Trigger if you don't kill it. I have a very specific rule. It is it is the the Joe Butler number one rule in any video game. Your final boss fight needs to be at least bare minimum three phases. If you have not, <laughs> if you have not made your final boss fight bare minimum at least three phases, you have failed your final boss fight in your game. <laughs> I completely disagree with that concept, but okay, I get it. <laughs> and speaking of which, too, one of the things I think is interesting in this game, because it also doesn't tell you, if you just focus on, like, the main part during bosses, because you have a couple of uh, bosses that make ad that create ads, and uh, if you kill the main boss that's summoning them, or even, like, the final boss, if you just attack the main head and you defeat it, you basically just win the battle. Yeah. And not a lot of games uh, do that. Okay. For some reason, I had in my head that it was the opposite. I thought I, I, I thought I had killed a boss at one point and then was left cleaning up the ads. I but. think there's one fight or two that actually does that, but most do not. I think there's one uh, that does. Okay, because I, I, I appreciate when it, yeah, you don't have to clear out the trash mobs, you know, like <laughs> do, do, do what you came to do and let's get out of here. I'm the I, same way. It might be whenever you're leaving the casino and you're fighting the cowboy bounty hunters. That might be one of them because they're all that is one of them. technically. Yeah. Yeah. The ads won't go away in that one, but that's a different type of fight. So that's why I think. But yeah, most of them, you don't have to destroy the ads. OK, that's very much an MMORPG talk, isn't it? Ads. Probably. I don't know. OK. Yeah. <laughs> any boss that calls in other enemies, I think is just kind of a, a gamer term at this point. OK. And just I remember when I used to play Final Fantasy 11 for the first time, that was the one that introduced me to so many different terms like agro and stuff like that. Yeah, like I could have just yeah. the time. 
No, I think that's where they were popular. I mean, you would certainly a lot more common, you know. So it's easy to see where that could have become popularized there. All right. Any last things you want to say about before we go on to questions, comments, and memories? I don't think we talked about the soundtrack, which I felt like was yeah. another up the with the pixel art was like a really fantastic part. Even even like the the battle theme, which you hear ad at nauseum throughout the game. I just thought it was is a well done soundtrack, especially some of the the early like horrific bits. Like it really it really leans into that horror kind of unsettling music. But t- to me, the artistic elements, the the pixel art and the soundtrack were probably the strongest elements of the game overall. I didn't listen to a lot of the music, so I can't. It's, I, had, it's I had it on sometimes, but I would just do other. I would put podcasts on and other stuff too. So I'm I am going ahead and go ahead and uh, be ashamed of myself. I also pulled a mic this game and I had TV <laughs> on on my other monitor. Well, you were also like you didn't join this episode till we record on Sundays, and you joined us what Wednesday or so? Like Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. Because I had two other two other people that were going to be on here. That one had a family thing come up, and the other one, and the other and the other one just didn't have time to beat the game. So. I, and he texted me this week, like, yeah, I'm not going to finish. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it happens. So I'm, I was glad that you were able to j- pop in at the last second. Yeah, I, I have a pretty decent job that I can do. I mean, this I played at, I played on my computer at PC at home. But also it's one of the things, too, of I also if if you put something that happens last minute, I see my time schedule. And if if it's anything that's under eight hours, I get home at six and try to go to bed around 11 so I can play four hours on, like, let's say it's like this. The game was on Sunday. You went and you just put something about it on Wednesday. I knew, well, if I if I play it four hours on Thursday and four hours on Friday, I'll have it beat by Sunday morning or by, by Saturday morning. So no <laughs> well, issue. My, my favorite story with that, or like, it was like beating the game right at the last minute. It was back when we did par- the first Paris at Eve, one of my co-hosts, Stu, he started the game that morning and beat it like in out like minute before we started recording. No, that's what you reminded me of. <laughs> My my least favorite one was the one where I it was my own fault where I was like I c- I could beat Metal Gear Solid two in one night and I did and like <laughs> it was five in the morning and the podcast was at ten and it's the ending where it's like hey Raiden you should put the game down and I'm like shut up Colonel you're not the boss of me <laughs> like I should put the game down <laughs> I remember that that's why I try to beat um, games ahead of time. <laughs> What about? But did you guys encounter any like bugs or uh, you know anything game breaking? I had a couple of them uh, creep up on Switch at least. I did not. What did you have happen to you? So malt. This happened probably maybe four or five times throughout. Could never figure out what triggered it. But uh, essentially, what I would, if I didn't save and close it out, if I just you know turned the switch off and came back, sometimes all my abilities would just blank out. So. Uh, you could see like the icon, but it wouldn't show what they did, nor could you pick them. And it was like a bizarrely specific bug that would always necessitate a restart. Hmm. Okay. So maybe, maybe get, it's a uh, Twitch exclusive there. I didn't get any bugs playing this on Steam. I had no issues. Okay. I, I got the bugs that I talked about, like the weird one where like if you bust the guy out of jail, you get the dress for some reason. And the only thing that I found that I could probably think is a little weird is some I don't know if it's supposed to be part of the game or not. Whenever you pick an ability that that attacks all the enemies, you don't really get like how much HP they have and all that. It just kind of stays blank. But I think that's normal. Okay, uh, there was one. So uh, Sue has a side quest at one point where you take him to that kind of Wild West planet. Um, oh yeah, and you go like a mafia cave or something. So like a this, 
this was so funny. I wish I could have got this on tape. So I, I knew I, I had went there with them, but he wasn't in my active party because I knew with like Finn, for instance, it just put him in there when I did yep. his side quest. So, okay. Well, when you swap screens from one area to the other, I just, I realized that I had lost, I was, there's only three of me and I checked my party and so it had inserted Sue into my party, but he was nowhere to be found. I just like, well, I thought that was weird. So I walk and I get into a fight I guess it's part of his side quest and the fight starts and it's like everyone's just idling. And I'm like, well, this is weird. So I just start kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And like a solid five real time minutes later, Sue run like runs in from the top right corner of the screen. I, I, I can only assume that he had like the game had just made him physically travel, you know, like he was running, <laughs> running to the battle the whole time and we just waited on him. Uh, and I just la- I laughed so hard when I realized like what the hell was going on. That is really weird. Yeah, it was funny. Okay, I did not have no. I don't. I didn't have anything like that happen. That is really strange. It was like, oh shit, I'm late. Because <laughs> <It's just, laughs> he was just in my party. Because he was just one of my characters that was always in my party. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they just uh, they kicked one. Whoever was in spot four just got the boot, and Sue came in to save the day. Hmm. That's cool. Okay. Anything else you guys want to say? No, I th- I think um, okay. I think yeah, like the like I said, the peaks and valleys. That's just what <laughs> that, that's going to be my my lasting memory of this. So many really strong elements and stuff that just like it just almost inexplicable weaknesses. Okay, and then I I want to give away a code because I try and do that in my regular episodes. Uh, I have a random Steam code for Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper that I've had for a long time. Let's just say I've had it since. 2020 september <laughs> so like here that. is your code l g z one nine three b seven b r six j v two eight there is your code for J- sherlock holmes versus jack the ripper i it's finally off my phone I think that's that <laughs> game where Watson fucking te- uh, teleports randomly throughout the game, and like he'll scare the shit out of you sometimes. I got no but idea. I, I just activated the code, so I can confirm it's good. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. It wouldn't be that fast. I mean, he would right, we, we did get a few questions and comments and memories. Not many, but I'm, I'll read a few. First, from the official Laser Time community. From Andy Patton, I always felt this was more of a mashup between Fantasy Star and the Combat of Lunar, because I said it was a mashup of Chrono Trigger. Hmm. I've played the Lunar series. Um, I, I personally didn't really get that, but um, I, I mean, I can, I can see where it could come from. And the comment that was made from Vincent Goodwin, who is a friend of the show, he said it was marketed as a Fantasy Star slash Chrono Trigger slash Sega CD and Turbo Duel JRPG. That's because fair. the game That's... has cutscenes, too. That strikes me as fair. Uh, Fantasy Star... X Chrono Trigger is like an especially kind of on the nose one. I think it's Fantasy Star Four was the one that people said it was like. But I've never played. I've never played really any Fantasy Star game, but two, and even then, I don't really remember two very well. That's a series that, as a guy who loves RPG, but that wasn't the Genesis. I was, I was, a, I was a Nintendo boy. I wasn't playing no Genesis. Yeah, I had not for <laughs> RPGs. So I never really enjoyed. I've never played the Fantasy Star series like the way I should. One day, I'm going to change that. Some great Genesis exclusives out there. We're gonna. Have to get I, I want to play Crusader of Senti really bad lately. Someday I, I will definitely get around to some of the stuff on Genesis. I mean, I played Genesis games, just I missed out on a lot. Of, like I didn't play the RPGs. 
it's not a particularly strong RPG um, system, unfortunately. But there are some there are some good ones. It's on my list. Uh, from David Heen. I had fun with this game. I finished it so fast and so long ago. I don't remember much about it. I do remember liking the look in combat. I should play it again. Yes, you should. <laughs> and from James Varga. Yeah, as someone with a TG CD, that definitely was the vibe I got with the cutscenes, which I barely pay attention to. <laughs> and from the Giant Bomb Group, from Matt Willoughby. I've had this game on my Switch for a while, but haven't picked it up yet. It's the same people who did the did the Cthulhu Saves Christmas games, right? I did enjoy those quite a bit. And yes, it is. They did this before that game. Yeah, and from, if you like those, you'll like this for sure. And we are going to play, if you guys are interested, Cthulhu Saves Christmas later in Christmas time. Because <laughs> I, I want to play it now. And from Robert Wolf, I really like their Penny Arcade games, especially the first of the two they made. Fantastic job, job system, like a 2.0 of the FF5 one. Hmm, okay. Let's see here. And then I got a, I didn't ask my rating group. From RPG Lovers Worldwide, from John Daigle. Such an amazing game. I love that there are so many recruitable NPCs that you can use as support. You can even recruit Sue's son. I don't know if I did that. Unless that was the guy that you get in that in the in the place. Uh, I can't remember. There was one who gave all your stats like so, like a plus five bonus or yes, something. That's yeah. a random so alien I, on a planet. Uh, that's who I ended up using. It seemed so much more powerful. There were, did you guys run into the element? There were some of those that I honestly I didn't even understand. Like it would talk about like uh like no no disadvantage to using desperation attacks and a lot of jargon that I literally did not even realize, understand how it would kind of impact my game style. The desperation attacks was one thing that I just, I never used and never same. same. Uh, felt underexplained maybe a little bit. I didn't like the idea of my characters being dead. So right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> so they weren't allowed to be dead. That's fair. And from Lance Horton, very fun game with replayability of nothing more than playing around with the team combos. Only criticism is the lack of difficulty usually. Bump that bad boy up to the harder. <laughs> from Nathan Dehoff, I have this but haven't played it yet. You should. You really should. Even though if you listen to this point, we ruined the whole game, but play it anyway. <laughs> so, from Scott Bell Richard, this game was awesome. Has a nice variety of party members that all do different things. Yeah. Yeah. And then from the last group I want to read from, uh, RPG Sanctuary. Uh, from Matt Fleming, love this enough to play it twice. Okay. Is it, I, 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 to me, this isn't a game that I could see myself replaying. How did you guys feel on that front? I mean, this was a replay for me. So, oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, I won't play it again for years. I can say that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Joe? I mean, is, is this the shelf stacker box question? No, <laughs> I mean, just seeing if you would, I guess, kind of, yeah. I mean, you see, you see, I mean, kind of. Do you see it something you might replay in the future? If they make a sequel, yeah, I probably would. Okay. And then from Keith Goff, I remember backing it. <laughs> See? Okay, from Gilberto Quintana, I've seen this game over and over again, mentioned as a good game. Maybe I should give it a try. You should. And let's see, from Justin Carpenter, I played through part of it. I liked the concept, and it felt like Chrono Trigger slash Fantasy Star Hybrid. Here, and I got, I'm going to read three more. From Ben Wilson, the, the story is kind of mad, but the gameplay and graphics are amazing. Definitely worth a playthrough. From Art Anderson, loved every bit of it, hit home for me. And from last one, from Dylan Willems, sneaky podcast promo. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> you are correct. Hey, but you know what? People are much more friendly when you post like that or you ask for questions than if you just say, hey, listen to my episode. So that's why I do it. People yeah. don't get mad at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> But yes, it is. Hey, you got to promote. Who else is going to do it for you? You know? All right, and that brings us to our last segment, Shelf Stack or Box. And 
Joe, why don't you go first? This will probably go, like I said, it it was something different. and But I don't really have a lot of like familiarity with like a lot of the callbacks this game was making towards. So I'd probably put this uh, in the box. I, I, I'd, you know, pull the dust off it one day if, you know, it ever made a sequel or anything just to get refreshed. <laughs> but I probably wouldn't touch this ever again otherwise. Okay. I, I understand. It's interesting having someone who doesn't have that RPG history to play this game, too, that it wasn't designed for. So this is a little interesting. Uh, what about you, Blake? You know, I mean, like, <laughs> as fond as I am for, for some of the things it did, obviously the genre, I just, I can't, I don't see a reason for me to go back and play it as opposed to any of those, like, true classics. If, I, if I'm feeling nostalgic, I think I would probably just rather go back and play Chrono Trigger again or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, for all for all the positives, I just, I don't, I don't think this is something I would revisit. So we'll, we'll put this one in the box. Okay. I'm going to. I'll go last. I'm going to put this on the shelf. I, I really enjoyed it. I won't probably go back and play it anytime soon again. But then again, I've already played this game twice now. So who the hell knows? Another five years, I might get the itch to do it again. It's also a game that I always recommend to people who love RPGs. And I, I will keep recommending it because I think it's a great game. But I completely I understand both where you're coming from. I just it hit me right. Yeah, you you, okay, you are the target. It. You are the target audience. 100 percent. The Star yeah. Wars reference, <laughs> the Chrono Trigger references like. It, the curse's blood like i i was just that guy the way the ability systems are set up everything was just like you made a game for me is what it felt i yeah. it just was really like i was that i am 100 percent the god well like it wasn't even target right just like they made a game for me it felt like <laughs> which yeah, is I'm, not common and i'm also if anyone listen to the show enough will can vouch that can say like yeah i'm not a regular gamer at all so <laughs> i'm an odd one but yeah all right and that's that's everything oh and i should mention what we're talking about next week almost forgot next week i'm gonna finally be playing mega man 7 which is actually the main reason why it's on the show is because uh john c had left a comment on podbean so you can leave a comment on podbean now i might actually get to what you say eventually and he's like i can't wait you guys do seven i mean he left this comment months ago hopefully he's still listening but i ended up we did six we did five and six for the show and then i we're finally doing seven and seven uh, correct me if i'm wrong that's the first playstation entry right uh no it's the first it's super nintendo eight it is the first place. It is the first place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can remember six pretty clearly, but I, I can't see seven in my head now, I guess. Might have to check any, that one out. The NES one, seven is the NES. first Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. And it's also, is, it came out a year after X did. So it's kind of weird because your X is, you know, so different and so cool. You have this regular Mega Man game also. And it just, I don't think it did as good. Is that Clown Man? Is Clown Man from seven? <laughs> I, do not know. I've never played. Yeah, so you, I know you haven't played it yet. Okay. It might okay. be. It might be from seven or eight. I can tell you that much. I've played them all. Every every numbered Mega Man, but uh, it's, it's been a while. I have not. I've only played. I played one through six now, and that's it. I'm. Uh, so, I'm more I never of played seven, series. eight, nine, ten, or eleven. Yeah. The anniversary collection is a good way to do it because it gives you a lot of like the emulator, you know, the the save states and like some tools that make some of those classic In, Mega Man. A little more palatable. Legacy Collection One does, but not Legacy Collection Two. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and that's why I own two, but I'm probably not going to play it that way because there's no rewind, so I'm probably going to play a different way. They're tough. I, thought, I mean, they're tough games. I thought there was a rewind, and I made the mistake of buying it, and I'm not going to waste my money, so I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> well, the thing about you're not wasting because eventually Mega Man Nine and Ten, the only way to really play them is that way, is the easiest way. Oh, okay. So you didn't wait, and I'm I am going to do the whole series eventually on the show. So 
<laughs> so you didn't waste your money because nine and ten will be happening at some point. I can guarantee you that. I and I also own stuff. two two copies of Legacy Collection too. So hey, because it's me, and I keep buying multiples of games. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's what I do. All right, and. Yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to everything else that we do. We have over 350 other episodes you go listen to. And if you want to hear other RPGs, we did Chrono Trigger episode 100. We did a three-hour conversation about Final Fantasy VI with Blake, episode 150. Go listen to those. And my cat is rubbing on my microphone now and putting her tail in my face. Okay. And so please listen to all those. If you can't find any episode you're looking for, everything is on Podbean. So you can look on Podbean and find our whole catalog of content that we have done. We do comics, we do movies, we do TV seasons sometimes. We do all sorts of content. Go check all that out. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You can follow her on TikTok. And also want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the MCU movies with me and started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40, which is very much interviewing people about how video games affect their life. So definitely go check him out. And we have a Patreon for a little dollar. You can help support the show right now. The poll is Marvel vs. DC. You can choose what Marvel movie, Shang-Chi, Blade Trinity, or DC movie, Aquaman and Shazam. You get to choose which one of those one of those movies we're going to cover. So you get to influence the show for as little as a dollar every month. Every month we have new polls. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.